You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C dot org. Now for this week's message. Question to start off with here. If you had a crystal ball that you could see into your future, would you want to see it? Okay, think about that. How, how many, raise your hand, yes, I would want to see what my future is. Okay, a few. How many would say, no, I don't think I want, I want to see. Okay, most of you, that, that's interesting. Um, I don't think I would either want to know everything. Uh, I think it's, the bad things might pull down the good things, but that's just me. As we go through the Bible this year, we're working our way. Uh, just through some of the major concepts and themes of the, the, this amazing book. And, and uh, one of the things I want to do is just to help you guys uh, have confidence and, and reassurance that the Bible makes sense and it is true and it's, and it's God's living word and that Christianity is true and how, just how it kind of all fits together. And, and so as we go through the, the different parts of the Core 52 this year, prophecy is the core concept that we're going to look at today. And we're in week number 10. I think it's a really fascinating part of the Bible. And uh, there are different kinds of prophecy in the Bible, different ways of interpreting a lot of the prophecy. But there's a lot of prophecy that's, that's pretty black and white. And uh, that, that's my favorite kind of prophecy, to be honest. But uh, there are a whole bunch of different ways that you're able to help prove that the Bible is true. There's a whole field of study called apologetics. And um, you, you can look at things like the Bible's unity. And the fact that the Bible was, was written by over 40 different authors over a period of about 1,600 years, uh, but it tells one unified story of God's plan for humanity. Uh, you can look at things like archaeology, and the cool thing is that archaeology has, has never shown anything in the Bible to be false, but, but has verified many places and, and people and, and events. And In fact, archaeologists frequently... Uh, look at the Bible, if they're trying to find something, the, you know, they're having trouble locating, you know, they'll kind of look at the Bible, and, and lots of places have been found through doing that. So you could look at archaeology, or, or the way the Bible has been preserved over the years is amazing. Um, in a little bit, I'm going to talk about something called the Dead Sea Scrolls, but, but if you compare the Bible to other ancient works that, of writings, um, it's almost embarrassing how much better the Bible has been preserved than any other work. Um, in fact, today's New Testament is based on over 5,200 early manuscripts or pieces of manuscripts found in various places. They have very little deviation from one another. And uh, the original one, the earliest ones were found or dated to 25 to 50 years after they were written. And you compare that with the writings of somebody like Aristotle. Uh, which was from around 350 B.C. is when he was writing. The earliest copies we have are from 1100 A.D., and so you have a difference of, you know, 1,400 years, um, and we only have 49 copies. So God preserved his word in, in amazing ways, and, and there's been many attempts to destroy it over the years. So there's lots of avenues um, that you can look at to help verify the Bible, but today we're talking about prophecy and it's, a, I think, a very amazing thing when you start studying into it. Beginning with Moses, God chose to speak through people. 
in the Old Testament. Okay, he he would give them a message, and, and they would pass it on uh, to to people. Uh, we call them prophets, and these prophets they served a variety of purpose, purposes. They preached about faithfulness. They they urged justice. They confronted sin a lot. <laughs> that was a big one because the Israelites struggled a lot with sin and, and falling away from God. Um, they warned about coming judgments or consequences of sin. Okay, um, and you know he'd say this is going to happen if you don't repent, and and it would happen. You know what the prophet said to the people if it was truly from God was always true. Now some prophets were afraid to to give the full message from God because they're afraid that, of what might happen to them. And, and so um, they didn't always say exactly what they should have. But, it, but if it was truly a message from God, you could trust that it was true. Second Peter 1 20 and 21 says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through hu- though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so prophecy was a, a tool used by God. And, and so there was an immediate purpose of prophets and their message, but there was often a future purpose as well. Uh, you see, pr- prophets also talked of, of, about a lot of things that would never happen in their lifetimes. Okay, they were given the message from God, and it probably had to be hard sometimes because they knew this is clear down the road. Um, but that was often what the, the message was um, about, was a future thing. Uh, but now, we have the benefit of being able to, to look back in history and see that many of these prophecies did indeed come true. And if they haven't come true, they will come true. And, and so, uh, most scholars believe that there are prophecies that still haven't been fulfilled. Okay, And, and they're prophecies that deal mostly with the end times. Um, our, our memory verse this week comes from Psalms 2-7. It's a prophecy, and there are actually several Messianic prophecies in Psalms chapter 2, but verse 7 says, You are my son, today I have begotten you. You are my son, today I have begotten you. Um, begotten basically just means God's referring to the idea that he is the father. Okay, Jesus is his son, and, and so we put the pieces together from the Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus is that son. Um, so after last week's long memory verse, we, we have a short one this week. So that's a good thing, right? So in fact, why don't we say this one together since it's nice and short. Look, are you ready? You are my son. Today I have begotten you. One, two, seven. Let's do it one more time. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Psalm 2, 7. All right. You can handle that one, right? Okay. We got it. Um, so kind of get it in your head, though. You've got to keep saying it throughout the week. Um, so uh, as you look at the, this verse and then into the New Testament, uh, God actually um, paraphrased this, this verse two times. Um, he spoke audibly. There's only three times in the New Testament that we have God speaking audibly during Jesus' ministry. And uh, two out of these three are referring back to this verse. Uh, once was after the baptism of Jesus when God said, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And the other time was when Jesus was transfigured on a mountain in the presence of Moses and Elijah. God, God also said, this is my son, uh, with, him, with I am well pleased. Um, and then, of course, 
this wasn't God speaking uh, audibly, but John 3.16, King James Version refers to Jesus as God's only, what, son? Begotten, Begotten son, all right? Do any of you still say John 3.16 in King James Version? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one that's originally in my head, too. Um, so um, we look at Psalm 2.7, and, and we can look back and see there's a reference, a Messianic reference here. But that's just one. The, the truth is there's dozens and dozens of these references of, of who the Savior King would be and what he would do. So I'm going to point out a few things about prophecy that I think are really cool. So we're going to look at some reasons that prophecy, this is really official sounding, prophecy is really cool. All right? All right, so it's in your, your bulletins. You can fill along if you want on the back of your bulletins. But um, first of all, is prophecy points to the Bible's reliability. Okay? If, if we can't rely on the Bible and what it says, then what's our faith based on, right? It just starts to crumble. And so, but if prophecies are, were made... That you know the predicted the future that later could be shown were true. It's a huge proof of the reliability of the Bible, right? Um, and and we can look back and we can verify very clearly that many prophecies have already been fulfilled. Okay, some happen very quickly. You know, the prophet would say that a city is going to be destroyed if the people didn't turn from their wicked ways, and it was destroyed. It happened. Or the prophet would say that the people would be taken into captivity. Because of their sin, and they were taken into captivity. And you can look back at history and see that those things actually happen. But from the Christian perspective, the most important prophecies are about the coming of the Messiah, right? And, and we'll talk more about that. But here's how big prophecy is in the Bible. Um, I went through the Bible this week, and I counted 1,817 different individual prophecies in the Bible, covering 8,352 verses. That's not true. I did not do that myself. But somebody, at some point, who had a lot of time on their hand, went through and counted all those verses. Um, if you want to verify it, you'll have to do it yourself, because I'm not going to. But uh, we know that it's a lot, right? What, however many verses it is, it's a lot. In fact, 27% of the Bible is dealing with prophecy. So uh, over a quarter of the Bible. And so it's super important. And, and some of the prophecies, yes, they're a little vague. And open to interpretation, I get that. But many are very specific, and uh, those are the ones that are so important in helping prove that the Bible is true. Um, there are actually over 300 Messianic prophecies, um, which are prophecies about that Christians believe are about Jesus. Uh, 60 of those prophecies are about the birth, 26 are about the death of Jesus, and so it's a lot of very specific details that we can look at. Um, now, for a long time, there was an argument that the prophecies about Jesus must have been actually written after the time of Jesus. And, and there was kind of this big conspiracy that, oh, yeah, that the disciples, you know, wrote this down later, or uh, other Christians wrote it down later, um, or later on there was an idea that Rome uh, wrote things down, uh, up, you know, to make it adapt to fit. And uh, obviously we believe that wasn't true, but we didn't have copies of Old Testament Scripture that could be dated to before the time of Jesus. And, and so it was hard to fully refute those arguments. But then something really cool happened. And this is huge. And uh, this is what I was talking about earlier. In the, the late 1940s, there was this incredible discovery made 
called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it's in, it was in several caves in the Middle East. They found clay jars containing parts of uh, every book of the Old Testament and almost the whole book of Isaiah. Uh, and when they dated these scrolls, they dated well before the time of Jesus for when they were originally written. So this was a huge discovery. And, and they've been carbon dated many times to try and, and disprove this, but they, they had the same results every time. And, you know, I think it's really cool that the book of Isaiah was almost the whole book because that's probably one of the book that has the most specific details about Jesus' uh, birth and, and death. And so I think it's awesome. Um, so we have a little video that I just wanted to talk, show a little bit more about the Dead Sea Scrolls. So let's go ahead and watch that now. Incredibly, none of that story I just presented to you comes from the Gospels. All of that is from the Hebrew Scriptures, written hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. Perhaps more incredibly, we now have archaeological evidence that allows us to trust the credibility of those ancient prophecies like never before. scrolls have been called the greatest manuscript discovery in modern times. They were discovered near the Dead Sea between 1947 and 1956 in 11 caves in the hills above me. The discovery is comprised of hundreds of separate scrolls represented by tens of thousands of fragments, giving us an early glimpse at nearly every book of the Hebrew scriptures or what Christians call the Old Testament of the Bible. The Dead Sea Scrolls contain fragments of some of the most important Old Testament prophecies from books such as Genesis, Deuteronomy, Psalms, and Isaiah. And all of these fragments date to the time before Jesus. For example, the great Isaiah Scroll is almost fully intact all 66 chapters of Isaiah, containing some of the most dramatic prophecies of a coming Messiah. Based on various scientific methods, this scroll, now housed at the Shrine of the Book Museum in Jerusalem, dates to between 100 and 335 BC. This is such powerful evidence to me. The discoveries here at the Caves of Qumran at the Dead Sea have revitalized and revolutionized our reading of the Messianic prophecies. We now have dramatic proof that the key Old Testament prophecies telling of a future Messiah were written long before Jesus ever walked the earth. There was no manipulation of the text by the early disciples, as was claimed by many before this discovery. And there was no conspiracy by the Roman church hundreds of years later, as others have claimed. It just boils down to this. The evidence from archaeology points to the understanding that Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled the requirements of the Messiah that were foretold many centuries before he was even born. Isn't that cool? 
maybe I'm nerdy or something, but I just think, man, that's so awesome. You know, God preserved this, I, I think, in very miraculous ways that we have his word intact. And so it helps point to the reliability of the Bible. Uh, another reason that prophecy is cool is uh, prophecy correctly predicts the life of Jesus. Okay, when you put all t- the, the pieces together of the, of the prophecy, talking about uh, you know, the Messiah in the Old Testament were given this kind of amazing picture of what to expect in the coming Messiah. A child was, was sitting at a table in her room, feverishly working on a project. And her mother came in and asked, honey, what, what are you doing? Well, I'm drawing a picture of God, she said. But nobody knows what God looks like, the mother replied. They will when I get through, said the child. <laughs> I like the confidence there, right? Um, Prophecy helps give us a picture of Jesus in his life. And, and there are so many amazing prophecies that we could talk about. Let me just say a couple. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and, and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, and of course, Mary was a virgin when, when uh, Jesus was conceived. And remember, this was written about 700 years before his life. So a long time, not just a few years, 700 years. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Epaphra, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. There are all, all kinds of other predictions as well. Predictions about him riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Predictions about being betrayed by a friend. Predictions that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Predictions that he would stand silent before his accusers. Predictions that he would die by crucifixion. So many things. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Okay, this is, uh, of course, referring to Jesus' death on the cross. And so it's truly amazing, I think, how many details about the life of Jesus and, and that are in Scripture and that they all came true. Um, you're going to read about it this week in your chapter, but Peter Saunter in his book Science Speaks, he calculated the probability of seven specific prophecies, just seven, okay, seven specific prophecies about randomly being randomly fulfilled by one person. Um, and he calculated that it is one in a hundred quadrillion. Okay, that's 18 zeros. You know, another, a number we can't even fathom with our minds, right? Okay, that's, um, they tried to put it in perspective that uh, we can understand. The, the, it would be like covering the state of Texas two feet deep in silver dollars, painting one of those silver dollars red, and putting it somewhere in there, and then blindfolding somebody and say, okay, go wander around Texas and pick out that coin, the right coin. Okay, it's just not going to happen, right? And and that's just with seven prophecies. Um, Jesus himself affirmed the reliability of prophecy. You know, if you, Jesus quoted, first of all, the Old Testament, he quoted all the time. Um, He said this in Luke 24, 44. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, in the Psalms. Okay, he, he's like, okay, listen, people, that every prophecy about the Messiah that it's going to be fulfilled in me. Um, somebody might say, well, you know, Jesus just kind of manipulated things. 
and, and so that the prophecies would be true. And, and there are a few that you could probably say that about, but most of them, there's no way that he could they manipulate these things. So, so prophecy is cool because it cor correctly predicts the life of Jesus. Another reason prophecy is cool, it helps show that God's word is trustworthy. Prophecy helps show that God's word is trustworthy. Here's the thing, when we look at prophecy and you see all these answers that you know the, the prophecy that was fulfilled you know that there has to be intelligent divine intelligence at work okay they, they just couldn't have all been put together on accident like oh let's put these down hopefully this will will come true um no th there's no way uh, hebrews 1 1 and 2 says in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Um, and so, you see the connection there? Okay, that God used prophets in a lot of different ways, but they, they were leading up to Jesus. And, and then he spoke through God the Son, who physically came to this earth, okay? So that, they no longer needed that same type of prophecy. Jesus was here, and then he spoke through Jesus. Um, so if prophecy can be shown to be true, then the rest of God's word must be true as well, right? Um, and then prophecy is, is cool because prophecy helps show God's overall plan. Have you ever made plans for something and it just didn't turn out like you wanted it to. Uh, you know, you might have planned for months and months for a party, and uh, man, it's going to be so great. And then it rains outside, and there's an outdoor party. Or, or uh, most of us at our weddings, there's something that that didn't go according to plan, right? In fact, when I do premarital counseling with couples, I always say, just okay, something's not going to be quite like you planned it to. Be ready for that. Don't let it ruin your day. Something's going to happen. Um, I was going to show a wedding fail compilation video, um, but then most of them were, had something that wasn't very appropriate, so I thought, no, maybe I better not. But, but yeah, a lot of you guys have had things. Somebody fainted or whatever, a kid was screaming, they wouldn't go down the aisle, just all kinds of things. Uh, things happen. Um, but you think about God's big plan through the Bible. And it's a plan that, that covers a whole lot of time and, and a whole lot of people and imperfect people who, who sin and mess up a lot. And ultimately, his plan is perfect and everything works. It's an amazing plan. And, and it, you know, his timing is, is different than our timing. We see that in our lives and we don't understand, okay, God, why isn't this happening? Uh, but Second Peter, I think, gives us a glimpse of things through God's eyes. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Okay, we have a very limited perspective, right? And God can see the big picture. And God is not confined by, by time and space like we are. And ultimately, God's plan is about his love for us. And he wants everyone to spend eternity with him. Prophecy gives us a glimpse of God's amazing overall plan. 
So if you put all these things together, what does prophecy and the truth of God's word mean for me? Okay, let's bring it home a little bit. Okay, first of all, it can lead to salvation. Okay, the, the Bible teaches that we have all separated ourselves from God. Okay, we're in trouble. But it also teaches that out of God's love, we can bridge that gap through Jesus. Okay, he makes it possible. But it's only through Jesus. Prophecy was preparing the world for Jesus. Exclusively. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's not a very popular verse, even with some Christians today, to say uh, that the Jesus is the only way. But if we're going to accept that God's word is true and that Jesus is who he said he was, then we need to accept what God's word says. And if we accept what God's word teaches about Jesus, it will lead to salvation. And if I accept and follow God's word, it can guide my life. Okay, Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay, we are so blessed to have God's word recorded, written, his written word. Okay, and it's been preserved in amazing ways, but it, just having it is not enough. Okay, it's not one of those things uh, like you're hoping when you study for a test, that if you sleep on your book, it'll just get into your head by osmosis or something. We wish that would happen. It's the same with, with God's Word. It doesn't just soak into your brain because you own a Bible. Right? It, it, it takes studying and, and learning and digging. But if we do it, we'll guide our lives. And then it teaches me truth. I like 2 Timothy 3.16 in the New Living Translation. It says it this way. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And there are a lot of ways to, to learn God's truth. Hopefully on Sundays you, you learn a little bit of God's truth uh, from His Word each week. Uh, in Bible studies and life groups you can learn a little bit of his truth. And, uh, you can listen to the Bible now on your Bible app. And, and uh, it, you can just listen and, and learn God's truth. And of course you can still read and study God's word on your own. And then finally through prophecy and the, the, and the rest of God's word, it means hope for my future. Okay, our, our mini series within our big Core 52 is called Hidden Hope right now. And we call it that because there is hope in so many areas. Sometimes we don't even realize that where this hope is. Sometimes it may seem hidden, but it's true. There's hope in prophecy. Okay, The hope of Jesus comes through prophecy. There's hope in God's Word. But most of all, there is hope in Jesus. Psalm 39.7 says this, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in You. That's so true, friends. God gives us hope. Not a, not a worldly kind of hope, like, you know, I really hope my, my team wins, or uh, I really hope I get into this college, or I really hope this happens, I get this job. It's a hope based on God's Word. Our, our hope that is in Jesus, it's 100% reliable. It's not just a guess, or I wish this would happen, because He already won the victory on the cross. 
Isn't that awesome? It's a sure thing. At the beginning, I, I asked you if you would want to see your future if you could look into a crystal ball. It, it turns out that God has given us a, a crystal ball in Scripture. And it's a, a crystal ball that is made clear through prophecy. Prophecy that has already been fulfilled and, and prophecy that will one day be fulfilled. Ultimately, when Jesus comes back, it could be today. So we don't have to worry about our future. Okay, as followers of Jesus, our future is already determined. We can never forget that. Okay, when you're going through life, just keep in mind, man, my, my future is sealed, it's determined. But if you aren't sure about your future, you need to get that taken care of. Okay, you can come up as we sing today, or you can talk to somebody about it, but you need to be sure, and you can be. And God is waiting for you with open arms. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have preserved it in miraculous ways. Lord, we thank you for this area of prophecy that we can just see how your plan is unfolding throughout Scripture and, and uh, that, that we can trust your word. Lord, there's so many things that, that we can look to to see, yeah, this is true. But we still need to take that step and say, yes, I, I believe it with my heart. And so thank you for those who have done that. If there's somebody that needs to still make that commitment, I pray for them today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you please